you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Tuesday, April 25th, and you're listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest, and there are many voices in our world, so many loud and boisterous and self-serving voices that are... Little more than vanity runneth amok, whereas today's guest has the kind of voice we need more of in our ears, one of understanding, experience, expertise, a voice of study and intuition. And of course, it all comes with that growly Massapequa cool. Say hello to Brian Baldinger. Welcome back to the pod, Baldy. Uh, it's good to be here, Andrew. A couple days before the draft, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a special day. It sure is. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy, and on today's show... That's right, the New York Jets, Gang Green, have their guy, his name, Aaron Rodgers, his number eight, apparently, mm -hmm. not the 12 that Joe Namath gave his blessing for Rodgers to wear, mm -hmm. no, Rodgers turning back the clock, now expected to rock the digit he donned while playing at Berkeley for the Cal Bears, J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 General Manager Joe Douglas. Let's not do the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets again. Finally gets to take answers and a celebratory smile to the microphone. Here's the proof. Aaron's one of the, one of the best quarterbacks to ever play this game. Obviously, adding, adding a player of, that, of, of his caliber is a, is a big thing. And uh, you can feel a lot of positive energy in the building. Okay, Brian Baldinger, a series of rapid-fire questions mm. about this deal and this player and this team. Are you ready? I'm ready. Is this a win-win for both teams, or did the Jets give up too much for a 39-year-old dude with a weakness for short relationships and psychotropic retreats? No, I think that uh, he's going to be a highly motivated uh, player to come to New York and to make this work, and I don't think they gave up too much. Is Rodgers the right man for this moment? Will he commit to building chemistry with players not named Alan Lazard at the time that matters most to do so, a.k.a. in the offseason, a.k.a. ASAP? I think he's going to be really rejuvenated by a new place, a place that desperately wants him. You can't really say that maybe about Green Bay over the last couple seasons. And I think he's, he's already seen tweets from young players like Brees Hall and Sauce Gardner. I've been around these guys, Andrew. These guys get you excited, not just about the game, but about coming to work. Like they're very unique people and players. And I, not that, that Aaron hasn't been around those type of players, but he's, he's going to see some truly talented people that love the game. As an offensive lineman, 12 years as an offensive lineman in the NFL, you know that timing is the key to any good NFL relationship. But how does one build chemistry? Is a lab coat required? No, it's not required. I mean, I think that he has to show his commitment to the team. They're all going to be looking at him every day. All eyes are going to be on Aaron Rodgers, how he conducts himself, how long he's there, is he the first one in, last out, what type of daily contributions. When they see that, they're going to go, oh, he's – because I remember, like, the Jets said, Baldy, can you put some videos together about Aaron Rodgers? I go, yeah, but, like – so I just started combing it. 
Hail Mary passes, red zone, like game-winning throws, uh, red zone, like the, the immaculate type of throws that nobody else can make, the arm angles, the audible. You start going through it, you go, they're going to see this greatness. You changed teams several times in your career. MJ Acosta Ruiz calls it the first day of school syndrome mm-hmm. and reminded us that after so many years, Rodgers could probably walk through the Packers facility blindfolded. Baldy, how hard is an adjustment to a new NFL team? How long does it take to get comfortable? I think it, it's it's going to take a little bit of time. Like, you know, you, you'll get to know the guys are going to hand the ball off and throw to probably first. But I always feel like quarterbacks should walk on to the field every day with offensive linemen. Like, I just feel like they should become his best friend. Makai Becton, Ali Vera Tucker, you know, Lakin Tomlinson. Like, I feel like that's where he should gravitate towards because that's going to be the wall in front of him. Is Garrett Wilson the luckiest 22-year-old in New York City? Yes, and I think that when Aaron Rodgers starts throwing the ball to him, he's going to remind him a great deal of Devontae Adams. Is Zach Wilson the luckiest 23-year-old in New York City? I think you can't ask to absorb and learn or mentor from anybody better than Aaron Rodgers if he wants to truly have a great NFL career. Is Nathaniel Hackett the right man for this moment, or did last season expose a weakness that even familiarity can't fix? No, because Denver was not a good uh, program. They were a rebuilding program. I feel like Aaron Rodgers... Uh, wants Nathaniel Hackett to be there. I think he works well with them. I think that, that that stigma that traveled with them last year in Denver will go away. Is an Aaron Rodgers-led Jets team capable of winning the AFC East? Yes. Yes, they are. They were already a top-10 defense a year ago, and I feel like that was with four different quarterbacks who couldn't score and you know, were putting the defense in bad positions. The one thing about Aaron Rodgers throughout his career, he takes care of the football. He doesn't give it away to the other team. And just that alone, if you don't give it to the Dolphins or the Bills or the Patriots, are going to keep you in every game. Okay, so in this scenario, let's say they have won the AFC East. That means they have a home playoff mm-hmm. game. Is an Aaron Rodgers-led Jets team with a home playoff game capable of contending for an AFC title? They're capable, but there are teams like Cincinnati, you know, like Kansas City, that are further advanced, and Buffalo, that are further advanced than the Jets are. I mean, you know, Patrick Mahomes has done this twice. Mahomes has knocked on the door, you know, twice. They're further along, so that's the challenge for Aaron Rodgers, to get past the quarterbacks that are leading really good teams in the AFC. With all the expectations and with all the excitement that now comes with it, is this a Super Bowl or bust kind of deal for Gang Green this year? Mm, I feel like you have to think that way. I, I feel like all or nothing. Because, you know, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't do well and it doesn't go well, the Jets are going to be right back here looking for a quarterback next year at this time, Andrew. And finally, please finish the following sentence. Brian Baldinger, I wouldn't be surprised if the 2023 New York Jets did what? Win a first playoff game since Rex Ryan was the head coach. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Levy with Brian Baldinger. And the next topic is time, as in we're running out of it. Two days to the first round of the 2023 NFL Draft. Two picks for four teams in that first round. Texans, Seahawks, Lions, and Eagles. As for what those four teams should do with their first day twofer, let's send it over to the TA set with Hall of Famer LaDainian Tomlinson and former number one overall pick David Carr. Let's start in Houston with that second overall pick. Yeah, there's a lot of noise coming out of Houston about it not being a quarterback. And I I always feel like when there's noise, there's something to it. So Mm -hmm. I think Will Anderson, D'Amico Ryan's being a defensive guy, coming from a place where he knows the defense has to be strong, you got to go get you a guy that can affect, you know, the play every single play. And that's this guy, Will Anderson. He can change the game. You're going to need him at the end of games, in the beginning of games, and especially in situational football. D'Amico Ryan's wants to get that done. I think he passes on the quarterback. And I believe, David, they actually believe in Davis Mills. A little bit. I love that. A little bit. AJ, that's our guy. And then how about at number 12? Am I going to number 12 as well? Why not? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Jackson, Smith, and Jigba, okay? You get a weapon. I mean, you lost Brandon Cooks. This guy, to me, he can line up day one in the slot and dominate. But I believe he also can be a perimeter guy when he develops a little bit more. Hasn't played a lot of football, but when he played, he was highly productive. Now, I'm not taking this off the board. I, I do think they want a quarterback. Look for Trey Lance oh. possibly getting oh, traded wow. during go. the draft. LT. Look, think Chaos. about where he come from now. Brilliant. The offensive it coordinator. Makes a lot of sense. I, I wouldn't like be surprised it. if Trey Lance is a Houston Texan a in a couple of, of days. Actually. That's phenomenal. You address both sides of the ball right away, and you got them a quarterback that just go. We're I see Houston. you. I love Figure it. it I love, I love it. That. Texas man. Uh, all right, David, let's uh, address the Seahawks okay. need. Fifth overall. Yes. Lots to get to. There's lots to get to. Now they're in quarterback range. They could maybe do that. They do have Geno. This, I think this division is winnable, though. I, I, when yeah. you re- really look at it, San Francisco, they're going to be good. But, I mean, the rest of the teams are kind of up and down. Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter is a guy that had, he's had some off-the-field things going on. But when you watch the film, The Seattle Seahawks were 30th against the run last year. This guy is going to instantly help you inside. He can get to the quarterback. He can affect the game on the inside. LT knows these three techniques, when they can do stuff like this, that changes the entire outlook of the game. So Jalen Carter, for me, if he is there, if they don't have their quarterback that they've wanted, they look at, they could possibly be someone after Geno, this is the guy I would look for for Seattle at number five. What about at 20? Then at 20, I think that you stay on the defensive side and you go with Deontay Carter, or Deontay, sorry, Deontay Adam, Banks. Yeah, Banks, 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 I'm sorry. My yep. fault, my apologies. You run 4-3, you jump 42 <laughs> inches in the air. My bad, okay? 11-foot broad jump. He's physical, right? That's what I love when I watched him, right? He's physically, he look at his attitude, right? you got to have a little bit of that, right? To play as a young guy in this league, you got to be physical, you have to be aggressive, you have to have confidence on the outside. I think Seattle could really improve. They weren't very good on third down. They got to get off the field. You got to have a guy that is aggressive, that'll come up, that'll challenge wide receivers, especially in this division. You're going to get some good players on the outside. So I think Deontay's going to be perfect to fit right in there with Jalen. And that defense now is bolstered by two young studs that can play good defense. And then Geno Smith, you just roll with him. 
Yeah. I think to your, to your earlier point about the division, they're going to be chasing the 49ers without question. Absolutely. And with the powerhouse they have on offense, they're all across the board in, in Santa Clara. A hundred percent, I think, defense is the way to go. I like it, LT. Yeah, they can score on anybody. Mm -hmm. yeah, they, they really they had can. A good, they had a good offense last year. <laughs> By the way, if you watch Hard Knocks last year, I'm going to my favorite moment in the entire series. He was a fourth-round guy. He literally listed all 16 wide receivers taken That's before impressive. him. That's impressive. A little chip on your shoulder. By the way, he is a pro bowler. Lions, by the way, could actually get a little bit of help from Ross St. Brown. Two, not one, two first-round picks. You tell me, LT, that 16th, or excuse me, that 6th and 18th selection, which way should they go? Well, Dan Campbell has to get his guys in there, right? Mm, Dan yes. Campbell, he looks for a certain type of guy. He does. At number six, I think he goes Devin Witherspoon, okay, the corner out of Illinois. Remember, they traded away Jeffrey Okuda, first-round pick, because mm -hmm. he didn't fit the system. Yep. This guy really reminds me of Jair Alexander, a cornerback in their division that plays for Green Bay. He's physical, tough. He has great break on the football, great ball skills. This guy can play in any different type of system. He can play man coverage. He can play off. He can do a little bit of everything. What I like most is what Dan is going to like. He comes up and tackles. Uh -huh. I guarantee you that's the part he likes the most. And then at number 18, I'm going to say Michael Myers, guys. The tight end tight from end. Notre Dame, okay? Another big physical type of guy. Remember, they got rid of T.J. Hawkinson. They traded him away. They need this type of tight end. He fits the culture that Dan Campbell is building there. A guy that can line up in line and block, you know, really be like another tackle, but also I believe he can line up in a slot and out wide and run routes, especially in the red zone. So I think he fits everything that they're looking for in Detroit. Yeah, for DJ, by the way, Mayor, the second highest rated tight end on the board, just behind Dalton Kincaid. Philadelphia, Philly, two yes. picks in the first round. Mike Garofolo last week told us, hey, I don't even know if Philly's going to be picking two picks. They might even trade out of their first they round. They could do that. But if they do decide to keep them, where are they going? This is, might be a little bit different than what they would normally do. Because I think at 10, they probably would go interior offense or defensive lineman. But for me, Bijan <laughs> Robinson has taken a trip to Philly, Yammer. He He's been there, right? Only, only two places he went. I think this guy would be perfect, right? I think that if you plug him in, and, and I just I listen to him speak, I listen to him talk, that he carries himself the same way Jalen Hurts does. So put him in the backfield with him. He could do so much out of the backfield. I think it would be fantastic to pair him in that offensive system. It would be a great addition to that offense. Be able to catch the ball in the backfield. He's going to get a ton of one-on-one -on -one opportunities in the passing game. He does that. Fantastic. That would be a great addition, I think. And then at 30, I think Cam Smith. I think Cam Smith the corner because you got some good corners there. But those guys are in flux. They're veteran guys. They're moving and shaking. Are they in? Are they out? Are they going to be there next year? Bring in a young guy. They can play physical that matches that aggressiveness. I love that. If you haven't noticed that, I love that in corners. Guys that will come up and tackle, that will play aggressively. You're going to get beat in this league, right? That's what it's about, right? But do you have the confidence to come back and continue to try and make the play? I think Cam Smith does that. He would fit perfectly with Philly. And they need to replenish here. Marcus Epps now wearing a Raiders uniform. That's right. Uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson also not yep. with, with this team. So probably a good selection for him no matter how many picks they have in that first yeah. round, maybe trying to replenish in the back half of that defense. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Levy with Brian Baldinger. And the next topic, retail therapy, as in shopping lists, as in Baldy. What would you pick out for Aaron Rodgers at the draft store? Let's start with the Jets' new pick. No longer the 13th overall pick. Now it's the 15th overall pick. What is the best position group option? Do you have a name attached to that? Who do you want to see for the Jets? And maybe, yes, for Aaron Rodgers at 15. I think right now if they select Darnell Wright from Tennessee and plugged and played him at right tackle that would go a long ways to building the best possible wall for Aaron Rodgers and to help uh, a really young running game get going. I'll dig one layer deeper. The Jets' second pick in the draft is in the second round. Day two, that's April 28th. And it is the 43rd overall pick, Baldy. What's ideal for Rodgers and the Jets at 43? I think the Jets should do everything they can at 43 or going up to get them to get Joe Tipman, the center for Wisconsin. Like, I'm, I'm taking two offensive linemen in this draft, and I'm going to fix whether Mekhi Becton can play, not play. Like, I'm going to fix this offensive line once and for all, and so that it's still strong even if Aaron Rodgers moves on a couple of years from now. Amazing. I'm, I'm a Badger, so I'm, I'm so oh, thrilled. He's the best center in the draft. Packers. Top 13 historically always go defense. They haven't gone offense since the 80s. Is that likely to change? Will they break ranks with what history tells them to do well, they and, to. and honor the moment? They have to because for the first time in 31 years, Farver Rogers isn't taking the snap from the center. Like, they don't have those two guys to fix all the other issues in the organization, which they did for 31 years. So I feel... Like, they have to go offense to help out Jordan Love to give him a chance, not just for him, but to evaluate him, whether he could be the next-in-line quarterback to lead the Packers. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Levy with Brian Baldinger. And on this day in draft history, Baldy, did you know that Matthew Stafford and Kyler Murray were drafted first overall on this date, April 25th? That leads me to the next question. Who will be the number one overall pick on Thursday? Uh, it'll be Bryce Young. Bryce Young, because of just his ability to play the position, and, uh, you know, to, to sail through progressions the way that he does. The keepers of that first overall pick, of course, the Carolina Panthers. And this is what Panthers head coach Frank Reich had to say about that. Scott said that, you know, he hadn't asked you who you prefer as that number one pick. Didn't want to. Um, has he asked you yet? And have you guys talked about that? And have you come to a consensus yet? He did. He actually said he came in my office uh, yesterday at some point and and ask the question, you know, it's kind of like a proposal of sorts, you know, um, but, <clears throat> and I said, yes, <laughs> no, there is consensus and we're excited. So they have consensus and they're excited translation. It is definitely Bryce Young, you know, or maybe someone else. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy. With me today, the 12-year NFL vet, Brian Baldinger, the O-lineman. They call O-lineman big uglies, but he's quite a handsome man. Baldy, do me a favor. Trip that switch right there. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. 
That is the sound of our countdown to the 2023 NFL Draft presented by Verizon. Coverage starts 8 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, April 27th. That is the day after tomorrow. I can't believe it. Coverage runs straight through the weekend, 27th, 28th, and 29th on NFL Network and NFL Plus. Now we have gone team by team, dream by dream in order of finish in the 2022 season. We started with the Chiefs. We will finish with the Bears, but today the dream belongs to the Houston Texans. They of recent basement status in that AFC South. They of the second overall pick status on Thursday night's draft day one. They of the new kids on the block status in the NFL. What does history say about the Houston Texans? Well, it says that they're fresh-faced and wrinkle-free with an origin story that began only 22 seasons ago. That is 2002. Who was their first overall draft pick? Our very good friend, David Carr, D.C. Houston Texans started their franchise on his back, and man, they rewarded him by putting him on his back at a record pace through the first couple years of his career. But that's what happens with new NFL franchises. It tends to be tough sledding at the beginning. Unfortunately for the Texans, it has been tough sledding most of the way. Their overall record tells that story. 142 wins, 195 losses, one tie. That is a 422 win percent. 30th best in NFL history. Their playoff record, four wins, six losses. Their last playoff win came in the 2019 season. You will remember Deshaun Watson was the starting quarterback. The Buffalo Bills were the team that they vanquished in overtime. The snap is down. Fairbairn's kick is up. And it's good! And the Texans go to the divisional round in dramatic fashion. Texans winningest ever coach Gary Kubiak with a record of 61 and 64. Zero retired jerseys. Only one player in the Pro Football Hall of Fame has ever played for the Texans. That's Ed Reed. And his time in a Texans jersey lasted but nine weeks in the 2013 season. So a short history but a long future. A future that starts as it does for every NFL team right now. First order of business, take the good and leave the bad from 2022. A season in which they had the 30th ranked defense in the NFL and the 31st ranked offense in the NFL. On defense, they were last in the league against the rush and last in the league at giving up the big play. And the season is over for the Houston Texans. A frustrating campaign. It ends with a bang in Indy, but the Texans get their third victory of the year against 13 losses and a tie and get ready for a busy offseason. But they were fifth at creating turnovers on defense, 10th against the pass, and they were a top half unit on third down. Now on offense, they were 30th in scoring, 30th in giveaways, 31st in rushing, 31st on third downs, and last in generating big plays. But, yes, there's a but. They were a top half unit in keeping their quarterback clean. They also beat every team in their division. Their three wins came with wins over the Colts, the Titans, and yes, that playoff team in Duval, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They can also claim a young man who is actually not a young man at all. He's a wrecking ball dressed up to look like an NFL running back. First name Damian, last name Fierce. Sorry, P. 
Pierce. Toss to Pierce. Right side has a block across the 30, 35 to the outside, 40, the 50, right sideline, the 40 of the Chargers, the 30, 20, 10, 5, rock and roll, touchdown, Houston, 75 yards, Damian Pierce, all the way. Final record, 3, 13, and 1. NFL.com identifies Texans' team needs as quarterback, wide receiver, edge rusher. And yes, they addressed quite a few areas of need in free agency, picking up wide receivers Robert Woods, Bobby Trees, and Noah Brown. They took Dalton Schultz from the Cowboys, Devin Singletary from the Bills, and they added Shaq Mason to the O-line and Case Keenum to the quarterback's room. They also added depth on the defensive side of things with D-tackle Sheldon Rankins, Hassan Ridgeway, Chase Winovich. Jimmy Ward was added to the secondary. Corey Littleton and Denzel Perryman were added to that second layer at linebacker. And of course, the Texans have no fewer than a dozen picks in the 2023 NFL Draft to further improve this roster for head coach Lovey Smith, including, as was talked about before, two picks in the first round. Second overall pick, 12th overall pick. They have one pick in the second round at 33. They have two picks in the third. They have a pick in the fourth, a pick in the fifth, three picks in the sixth round, and two picks in the seventh. Okay, Brian Baldinger, thank you for your patience on our Texans then and now routine. Baldy, when I say Houston Texans, where does your mind go? It goes to defense. I I don't believe there's a quarterback that can turn this franchise around after Bryce Young in this draft. And so I don't think you have to take a quarterback. I think when you look at D'Amico Ryans coming from San Francisco where they traded up twice to go get, you know, Trey Lance, and it has not worked out yet for him. But then you see Brock Purdy plugged into a team that was Super Bowl ready made. And number one defense, talent everywhere, solid offensive line, great coach. I think D'Amico Ryans is saying, let's start adding some talent. Defensive talent specifically. Like, their defense was built around a strong defensive line. The Houston Texans don't have that now, but they can address it in this draft. So we can, we don't have to infer, we can just hear what you're saying. At two, you wouldn't be mad at the Texans at all if they passed on, say, C.J. Stroud or any of the other available quarterback options and take, what, a Will Anderson at two? Yes. Will Anderson, he stepped on the campus at the same campus that D'Amico Ryans played his college football on and dominated the entire conference at age 18 and for the next 41 straight games. Like, he's an adult. He's mature. You need a lead dog to start that defensive turnaround, and Will Anderson could be that guy. He's got the reps in college. He should be able to get the rep in the NFL. That, according to Brian Baldinger, what would you do at 12? I would still stay on defense. Go get me, if Devin Witherspoon was still there, Anthony Gonzalez, go get me a corner. Um, and I would, I would just keep building defensively. And I'd build the best possible defense I could um, in, with much of this draft. 12 total picks. That's tied for the most in this 2023 NFL draft with, I believe, the Raiders. Mm -hmm. So you're saying either a late-round pick on a flyer quarterback or let Davis Mills and Case Keenum fight it out for QB1. Yeah, I I would do that right now because I don't think they're just a a quarterback – away and I don't believe that that quarterback is patch that's available in this draft is Mahomes or Burrow or Lamar Jackson I don't think any of these guys are of that caliber and finally please finish the following sentence and thank you so much for your time Brian Baldinger I wouldn't be surprised if the 2023 Houston Texans did what this year uh get more competitive I mean they've been a doormat 
for over the last two coaches and how many years since Billy O'Brien kind of departed. I, I feel like they could get very competitive this year. Damian Pierce was a front line back. I think the offensive line has improved. Uh, they can add pieces in this draft. But I expect D'Amico Rines to begin the turnaround in Houston this season where they can be competitive just in their own division with Jacksonville and Indianapolis. Can you put a number on that or just eye test? They will be more competitive. They will be in more games than they were in 2022. I would say like the, 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 the number to start the turnaround would be six wins. And, you know, a win against Jacksonville, you know, would be great. You know, wins in your own division matter. Sometimes they count as two. But I would say six would be the magic number to begin the turnaround. Translation, De La Soul knows nothing. It's not three. Six is the magic number. Oh, yes, it is. Okay, thank you so much, Brian Baldinger. You are many things, but a known Texans fan isn't one of them. So this is the moment where I say, thank you for your time, sir. Please leave. Go and continue making an appearance on seemingly every single show on the NFL Network these days. And let us throw open the doors to the NFL Hall of Fans. Cue the music. Houston Texans fans like segment producer Mark Perez, who was an Oilers fan as a kid, but then they skipped town, ended up in Nashville. Mark's response to that, no interest. Full disclosure, Mark used slightly more colorful language than that. He dabbled as an unaffiliated but respecting Raiders fan for a little while, but then his head was turned back towards home by a guy named Gary Kubiak. Mark said, let's be clear about something. I hopped aboard something that was not exactly a joyful, victorious, wide, smiling bandwagon. They weren't winning, but Perez really liked what they were doing. And he said, Andre Johnson, well, that's a guy who made me want to go wherever he was going. Throws over the middle, hits Andre Johnson, rock and roll, touchdown Texans. Mark's favorite ever player, well, you just heard the name, didn't you? Andre Johnson. He was just a beast, Mark remembers. You couldn't cover him. Didn't matter who you put on him. Didn't matter if you double teamed him. Fact is, number 80 was going to find a way to get the damn ball no matter what. Throws a bomb right sideline. Andre Johnson at the 30, the 20, the 10, 5, rock and roll, touchdown Texans, 64 yards. Mark says AJ had everything that an elite receiver needs to have. Length, speed, route running, precision, and that sheer force of will to want it more. That dog mentality of a dominant player. Perez also loves him some Arian Foster. He says it was his first or second year working here at the NFL and Foster was in the studio. Mark remembers just how nice a guy he was and he said that the cool demeanor he saw made perfect sense off the field because on the field Foster was smooth as silk. Mark says it never looked like he was running hard which for me may be the perfect description of Arian Foster. Arian Foster, the tailback, gets the feed right side, across the 15, 10, 5, walks in, touchdown, Foster. Run it up. 17-yard touchdown run for the rookie from Tennessee, Arian Foster, his first career TD. Plus, Mark says, don't forget, this guy did everything. He caught passes out of the backfield. He was good in pass protection. And as a runner, he was sturdy enough to run between the tackles and fast enough to blaze it outside the tackles. Mark calls Arian Foster the perfect back for a zone running scheme. Foster running to the left side, moving the pile, moving it, moving it, and it's a touchdown for the Texans! And the final word of praise he has for this man who led the league in rushing one year, don't forget that. Perez says, don't forget this man wasn't just underrated, 
He was undrafted. The last name Mark Perez checks, J.J. Watt, who simply took the league by storm, Mark remembers. To this day, that year that J.J. was the unanimous defensive player of the year, the best season by a defensive player Perez has ever seen, with the exception of that Lawrence Taylor MVP season. Whatever anybody tried to do to stop J.J. Watt, failed. Here comes trouble. Luck, it's eaten alive back at the 28-yard line. J.J. Watt and company do it again. Well, you talk about can just flat-out take over a game. That's amazing. Perez calls out the 10 passes defensed Watt put on his resume that year as a D-end. And, of course, who could forget that pick six in the playoffs against the Bengals. Throws it. It's intercepted. Watt takes it across the 15, 10, 5. Rock and roll. Touchdown, Texans. Pick six. Abracadabra. As for the draft, Mark says he'd love it if D'Amico Ryans were brave enough to pick Jalen Carter at two. He said you only get one chance in a generation to select a generational talent. And Jalen Carter is that player. The best player in this draft class, Mark says. He says, look, if it's Will Anderson, then fine, it's Will Anderson. At 12, he hopes for a defensive back like Devon Witherspoon, Christian Gonzalez, maybe even Joey Porter. But you'll notice, listener, that Mark Perez doesn't name check a quarterback here. This is a Texans fan who wants to build the defense. This is a Texans fan who knows you're not going to win games in the AFC without a good defense. And finally, Mark Perez says, I wouldn't be surprised if my Texans have a top 10 D this year. Such is his faith in the credentials and vision of D'Amico Ryans. And Houston Texans fans, like my dear friend and former colleague, Stephen Devadonham, Stevie D, to me. Why are you a Texans fan, I asked. He laughed. Come on, lady, he said. I'm a Houston kid and a Texas boy. And Texas is football country. Starts with Friday night lights and ends on Sunday afternoon or evening. He said, that's all you need to say, and that's all you need to know. Stevie said with a straight face, most of us growing up in Texas attended high school with someone who made it to the NFL. And I said, oh, yeah, who? He proceeded to rattle off names like Safety George Aloka, Winslow Oliver, third down back and kick returner for the Panthers. Brian Stoltenberg, who was Winslow's center in high school and then again his teammate in Carolina. Jerome Williams, who played D-back for the Chargers. Derek Frazier, D-Frage, he called him, a cornerback whose brush with fame included playing opposite a guy named Deion Sanders. And that was just Stevens' generation in high school. Every kid in Texas has a similar list, he said. Stevie, I don't doubt it. Not anymore. Stevie's favorite ever Texans player, Justin James Watt, he said, and AJ80. Why JJ Watt? Well, because he's a sports movie version of what the all-American football player should be, he said, with a relentless motor, a man who sought double teams and contact, a former tight end who was a constant overachiever, a guy who knew he had to put the franchise on his back, and he did. A guy who knew that offensive coordinators were game planning for him every week, and he beat the scheme anyway. It's going to be sacked. J.J. Watt, another one for Watt. And in Stevie's estimation, it was the how that was just as amazing as the what J.J. Watt did. J.J. did his work in the same way some dude in special forces would, Stevie said. And Steve credits Watt for bringing notoriety to a team toiling 
in mediocrity. Stevie is one hell of a storyteller if you haven't caught on by now. Why Andre Johnson? Well, on any other team, he said, this guy is an NFL leader in stats every week. Andre Johnson got the ball in for six as he was met at the five but would not be denied. I think that was a message of who's the best receiver in the game. He reminded me that AJ ran a legit 4-3-40 at 6-3, 200 plus pounds. Had hands of glue, never complained, and maybe that was to his own detriment, Steve said. Could he have done better somewhere else? Absolutely. Did Andre Johnson ever demand a trade? Absolutely not. And that was so Houston of Andre Johnson, Steve said. He said, this is a loyal, supportive city. We care about our neighbors. We're community-minded. And both J.J. Watt and Andre Johnson epitomized that. They had undeniable talent. They had unassailable character. His favorite ever moment to be a Texans fan? Well, that came before the team ever even took the field on the day that Bob McNair announced he was bringing NFL football back to Houston. Stephen remembers the thrill of knowing that pro football was back in his city, the city of Love Ya Blue, Run and Shoot, Earl Campbell, and Warren Moon. He said his draft wish is this, and I suggest that every single NFL GM listen to this. He said, don't get wowed by combine stats. Play the long game. Fill your needs without overreaching. Offense sells tickets. Yes, he admits that, but defense wins games. And in D'Amico, he trusts. D'Amico, Ryans, a former beloved Texans player. Don't forget that. He said, I wouldn't hate Will Anderson at two, as long as he's more Miles Garrett and less Mario Williams. And finally, Stephen Devadonham said, I wouldn't be surprised if the 2023 Houston Texans finally bring credibility back to this franchise. And there you have it, listener. Fandom wrapped in philosophy. A treatise on what it means to be a Houston native as much as what it means to be a Texans fan. How much do our beloved teams reflect the spirit of our communities. Well, as you've just heard, maybe as much or more in Houston as in any other NFL city on the map. Will 2023 bring a return to the conversation, to the fight, to the playoffs for this team? We'll see about that because we will see about that. We will be watching. I want to thank today's very special guest, Brian Baldinger, the titan of tape, the phenom of the film room. And I want to thank, of course, our Texans fans who shared their stories with us. Of course, I want to invite you, the listener, to join us tomorrow when our countdown to the draft concludes in the second city, the OG keepers of the first pick, the Chicago Bears. What were they? in 2022 what will they be in 2023 what should they do with that now ninth overall pick those are the questions the answers come tomorrow till then ciao for now nfl total access is a production of the nfl in partnership with iHeartRadio. for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, 
you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 